Welcome to Retraction. I'm Antoine. I'm Jamie. And we are reversing course through discourse. Before we get started, please, on YouTube, subscribe, like, share, and leave a comment on this video. And don't forget to hit, hit the bell icon to stay up to date on our latest content. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Nice, nice. It's our first New Year's episode. Episode episode one, of the new year. Of the episode of the new year. Might as well just say that. Episode of the new year. And uh and Jamie, you you you're biting at the bit. What what do you got going on in your side, your neck of the woods? I have a profile on a Mr. Elon Musk that has been in the pipeline for some time and it is more timely than ever. Nice, nice. I look forward to that. And for my side, new article came out, new tool uses AI to predict dogs' health issues before they happen. Did you hear about that? No. All right, then. But first up, let's uh, let's do a Elon Watch. All right, folks, buckle up. Who is Elon Musk? Well, uh, let's briefly start at the beginning, which will set the foundation with some facts, and then we'll have some fun and ponder what could be. Elon's paternal great-grandmother was the first chiropractor in Canada, and Elon's paternal grandparents were the first to ever fly from South Africa to Australia in a single-engine airplane. Just give you a little, little taste of where the family roots are. Okay. I, I didn't realize that. We were, I realized we were going all the way back. All the way back. All the way back. No, it's gonna, I, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna pick up. It's gonna pick no, up. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I mean, this is all educational. I've actually didn't know any of this. Uh, the only uh, concern I have is that you didn't do Elon's grandfather in a grandpappy voice. Well, that's what you're here for. Okay, Elon's you. grandpappy was the first to fly a single engine airplane. How's that? Is that good? That's pretty good. Thank you. Now, whether or not he would have a Canadian accent or oof, oof. or or South African, I can't I do Africana. No, I can't do that. Not to say that he might. Yeah, he wasn't Africana, but uh, I'm just saying I can't do oh, that. You yeah, you, you're challenging me. Okay, it's a challenging year. <laughs> Day three. Um, okay, so that's that's his grandparents, right, and his great grandmother. Today, the Musk family includes multiple millionaires between Elon's parents, siblings, and cousins. Kimball Musk, Elon's younger brother, has a reported net worth of $700 million. He founded three food companies. Tosca Musk, Elon's younger sister, has a reported net value of $170 million. She runs a streaming service focused on romance novel adaptations. May Musk, Elon's mother, has a reported net value of $20 million. She's a dietitian and a model. And Errol Musk, Elon's father, whose net worth is actually unknown, has been an electromechanical engineer, property developer, city council member, and owned an emerald mine in Zambia, from which he claims to have become very wealthy. Now, Errol's claim, Errol claims to have invested in Elon's education and businesses to get him started. However, Elon denies those claims. Elon also says his father is a terrible human being. Um, and he's committed almost every crime you can possibly think of. So I think his direct quote was almost every crime you can possibly think of he has done, uh, not there, to get, 
Yeah, there are so many musts that I, I, I was, I mean, I want. It's late. It's late, but I, I kind of wanted you to do a Papa Smurf or a, a, a Smurfette because it just, it sounds like they're the Smurfs. It sounds like they're very wealthy South African Smurfs. There are just so many of them. Aren't the the Smurfs are where are they from? Are they are they Dutch? Dutch. Yeah. Right. They're Dutch. Yeah. Well, ha! Look at that. Look at that connection. For those of you who don't know, South Africa was uh, colonized by the Dutch. There you go. They're just springing up all over the place. <laughs> so I don't want to get too muddled up in personal affairs. Uh, but fun fact, Errol has two children with his stepdaughter. Yeah. A little Woody Allen thing going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just leave that. I'll just let that sit out there. Okay. Audience, you can bask in that for a second. Let um, it wash moving over on. them. Let it wash over them. <laughs> moving on to elon musk he was born in pretoria south africa where he was educated in private schools he then emigrated to canada and eventually the good old us of a where he attended the university um universities upenn and wharton musk got silicon valley internships sold his company to tech company compaq and founded x.com a company that merged with paypal Elon then became CEO of that new PayPal. And when eBay bought PayPal in 2002, Musk made a cool $175 million. In 2017, Musk purchased the X.com domain from eBay for its sentimental value. But in 2022, Musk discussed his goal of creating X, the everything app, when he purchased Twitter. Which brings us to his portfolio. Twitter is a social media company, I think we all know. Some say it's the world's digital town square. Debatable, but it's been said. Twitter seems to be a means to an end for Musk to finally get X, his everything app. It's unclear what X will entail, but if PayPal is any guide, it will, be, it will have the capability to process payments. Musk owns a lot of other companies. SpaceX is a spacecraft manufacturer, launcher, and satellite comms company that generates $2.5 billion in revenue. Its main competitor is Blue Origin, which has $20 million in revenue, significantly smaller. SpaceX has a contract with NASA for commercial orbital transportation services, but it's clearly just a stepping stone as Elon has shared his grander vision for mining and colonizing the solar system. In fact, at $100,000 per ticket, Musk already has plans to move 1,000 people per spaceship. I think he refers to them as starships. We've covered it before on the pod thousand people per ship to Mars, reaching a total Mars population of 1 million by 2050. When asked how colonists would be selected to go, Musk responded, and I quote, needs to be such that everyone can go if they want, with loans available for those that don't have money, end quote. When asked if that means people would be required to pay off or work off those loans, he replied, and I quote, yes, there will be a lot of jobs on Mars, unquote. There's the obvious question of what happens if you're also acquiring additional debt from the resources you're using, like food and housing, et cetera, while you're working to pay off your current ticket debt. Um, you, you can start to see how you can dig yourself in, into a hole that you can never get out of, and you'll just be stuck in perpetual servitude. And while you could argue that's exactly how it works on Earth, right? Everyone works the majority of their lives here. 
Um, the difference is that your debt isn't owed to one person who controls everything. There are some who are concerned with Musk's vision for humans in that it seems like he's expanding out into the void and setting up a slave trade. At the moment, you say that so casually. <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for you to jump right in there, Antoine. <laughs> I, I, was, I don't know what else. He just, he just said like he's packing lunch. So some people think that Elon prefers ham sandwiches over the roast beef and turkey. But I, for one, I think I think he likes the mustard. The thing is, is that I didn't uncover anything here. This has been out there. This is out there. And <laughs> no, I mean, we're on Twitter. Yeah. You right. I mean, like, yeah. it, it's out there. He's said all this stuff and he said a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. I am kind of just saying it because it's it's out there and it's been said and nobody seems to care too much. That's kind of why I'm pulling it all together in this segment. OK. Good. All right. So at the moment, Musk and any other potential colonists would be bound by the Outer Space Treaty. I actually couldn't believe that's what it was called, but it's called the Outer Space Treaty. And part of this treaty states that, like maritime law applying to international waters, space travelers would be bound to the laws of the country they fly the flag of. In SpaceX's case, that would be the U.S. as it is a American company. As such, Musk's colony would be subject to U.S. laws on indentured servitude, which was outlawed in 1833. The catch right. here is that Musk alone will have the capability of reaching Mars in any meaningful way, never mind enforcing those Earth-based laws. Mm. Mm. The ultimate loophole, enforcement. I just, I'm surprised that he would tie himself to the United States that way. Is, that, is this something that you're saying he himself has agreed to that he will represent the United States when he No, this is like this is like a global agreement, a global treaty among countries that this is how space will be treated. Right. Okay. They will okay. be subject to those laws. And he opened up SpaceX in the US. So it is an American company. It is headquartered here. But he could so, declare himself independent once he was in space. Doesn't necessarily um sure if he wants to what, start a war? Start I mean, I I don't know where his headquarters would be. What he put something in orbit and he's like oh, we're orbiting. We're orbiting the planet. Like that's. I mean, he I, could treat it like credit, just because uh, he's. But he could just read. He do. He could uh, put his headquarters on the moon. He could just. It's enforcement. It. I mean, that's the thing. Is like if he tried to do something cute like that, it's a matter of will the U.S. government buy into that, and will they be able to stop him anyway? Yeah. Okay. And what are you going to do? Send up a capsule. I don't know to, if you knew to, this to, to bump into his ship. Like what? We have a NASA does not have the capabilities that SpaceX is, has, especially a couple of years from now. Well, what about our Space Force? What, what are they doing? Buying nice uniforms. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Those Battlestar Galactic uniforms that you pointed out. I love that. Yeah. At least they at least they've got good fashion sense. They may not be, I don't know, pushing the you know lever forward in terms of I mean, don't uh, forget who started warfare. it. I'm not arguing that we don't need a space force, that a space force wouldn't be a good idea, but look at who started it. How much planning and resources and commitment do you think were really put into that? Whatever you can fashion while taking a dump. <laughs> there you go. All right. So part, still part of SpaceX is Starlink. Uh, and Starlink uses satellites to provide internet services. It has over 3,000 satellites in orbit today with plans for over 12,000 in the next five years and eventually 40,000 in a decade or so. 
OneWeb, its main competitor, hopes to have 648 satellites by the end of 2023. Starlink has so many satellites in orbit that their reflections are now impairing ground-based telescopes from observing space. Next up, Neuralink, a neurotechnology company like aimed that. at integrating- That's it for Starlink? Got oh, nothing else? This is all foundation building. Okay, okay. All foundation building. Okay. Right, so now you have Neuralink, aiming to integrate the human brain with AI by embedding devices in the brain to control machines and improve healthcare. Recently, Neuralink has released a new telepathic typing video showing a monkey using only its brain to type. The company plans to implant the chip into humans this year with the goal of helping with paralysis, blindness, tinnitus, and according to Elon, perhaps rendering language obsolete. All they need is FDA approval. Enter Synchron, a separate company that is farther along than Neuralink to win regulatory clearance for its devices. And coincidentally, a company that uh, Musk has already approached the purchase. Now, that all being said, Musk has stated that if his kids would suffer an accident, Neuralink's chip is safe enough to help them, which is a contradiction to what neuroscientists are saying, and they're saying that it's decades away from anything like that. But to counter that, Elon said that he would get one. And I cannot help but think when I read that sentence that this is very close to one chip to rule them all. Interesting. Now, I can see that. Which is I a Lord of the that. Rings reference for any of our listeners that don't get it. And so yeah. how does this chip work and why do, why do I say that? Well, the chip works by implanting electrodes into the region of the brain that controls voluntary movement, which then connects to a larger array called the link, which can process, stimulate, stimulate, and transmit neural signals. It's charged via wireless charging from outside of the head and connects wirelessly to devices that allow the user to control them without traditional touch inputs. This wireless feature is also what sets it apart from any other competitor in this space. Now, for the time being, the neurotransmissions will be a one-way street, right? One-way street. But if the brain starts receiving data from Neuralink that subsequently directs your body to do things, that could give someone control over you. Now we're gonna start seeing some of these companies overlapping and snowball on everything that I just said. OpenAI is a Musk AI research lab. When you think about AI combined with Neuralink and AI's ability to process massive amounts of data 24 seven, thinking about how AI found those medical treatments for that super bug that we covered on a previous pod where it was just crunching millions and millions of lines of code. Musk could be entering the territory of creating that two way street to control the 37 trillion cells that make up the human body. If he can start using AI to compute all of that data and then to send stuff back to Neuralink and the Neuralink is telling your body what to do. AI is the type of key I think that's missing for, for accomplishing that. Now, Tesla, I'm moving on to Tesla now. Tesla is more than what most people think. While other companies like Toyota are developing robots to play sports, Tesla is actually designing a humanoid robot that can download memories, personalities, and eventually consciousness that Musk calls Optimus. Now imagine, via Neuralink, you're uploaded to Starlink and relayed to Optimus for download. And this is the latest attempt, this time by Elon, for humans to find the fountain of youth. And we've talked about this kind of stuff on the pod before. So 
right, altered carbon. Right, yeah, right. It's like altered carbon. I mean, and, and he's doing it with yeah. th- throughout his whole portfolio of companies. He's creating all of these supplemental capabilities. Yeah. Now, interestingly, Elon has described this first generation of Optimus robots as worker droids that will do the work that nobody wants to do. And we've talked about bias in the code before, and I am curious, will that bias be forever inherent in this code and be this systemic flaw that we just never get around to fixing like so many things in society? And then it kind of meets the moment of when we start uploading ourselves and it's still there. The answer is yes, of course. <laughs> because Elon's doing it. So of course it's going to be biased because he's 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 a very biased individual. You just, I mean, you race through so much. There are so many movie references that could be applied to this. Uh, I, when you said the one chip to rule them all, I want to go back to that a little bit, even though it's, you know, I'm just cherry picking a little bit. But the the idea that anyone else would accept this chip after Elon Musk has implanted it into himself. I think that that automatically would tank the company right off the bat, unless, you know, the, there are the Muscovites, the people who are, you know, the raw, raw Musk is, is everything. And I'm sure the other billionaires will probably, maybe they will want to jump in on this, but as a regular human being, a, re- a regular person, I think that once Elon is the first owner of the very first chip, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's the unclever Sauron kind of thing or Saruman can't remember which one but it's the unclever version of what happens in the Lord of the Rings for anyone who doesn't know in Lord of the Rings the bad guy tricks the other leaders into getting these rings and then fashions a ring for himself that seek in secret that allows him to te- to then control all the other leaders this is this is the exact opposite of that which is why it's 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 almost like I don't know it, it's it's rulers. It's rulership for dummies, if you will. It, he, he, he should have a secret plan to in, to implant a chip into his own body, not openly go out there and plant a chip into his body first. Who else is going to follow that? I don't. Well, want to but that. but no one wants but you're, to follow But you're that. thinking of it through the lens that I just kind of proposed it as, positioned it through. Um, a lot of other people, and and I think the way that he's thinking about it is that oh, you know, I'm going to test it on myself, and if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you, and, and it's almost like. Biden getting the vaccine jab to say like, hey, guys, it's safe. It's good. Everyone do it. Oh, yeah. How'd that work out? Well, it was fine. What do you mean? It was well, fine. he's like, fine for him. I'm just saying how that work out for getting other people to then get vaccinated. It didn't really set the bar tremendously high. Maybe a bad example because the people that were going to get. No, vaccinated I think it's a good and... example. It's the point I'm making. <laughs> if you openly go <laughs> out the there. Point, and the point I'm first, it doesn't mean. Other people are going to follow you. It just means they'll look at you as like, oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's interesting. You've done that. I'm not going to do that. But I will also go back to I'm, I'm a little concerned as well with the satellite issue, because when you said the amount of satellites that are currently in the sky, it definitely reminds me of the scene in um, 300 where uh, what is it? Uh, I forget what the leader Xerxes. He, he says to Leonidas. Our arrows will blot out the sun. We have so because they have so many arrows. That's what the Persians were known for in the uh, ancient world. Uh, and it makes me feel weird. It's like, is, is he a supervillain? I think I've addressed this before. D- could he ever have enough satellites in the sky that he could actually coordinate them to maybe block out the sun for a portion of like a, of, of the population in any way, shape, or form? Like, can he block out enough sun for Florida, for instance? If they're, you know, they're not giving him the right amount of tax breaks. He'll be clever to, about it, though. Open, he'll, yeah, he'll do something like it'll a be an accident, signal. of course. He'll, he'll he'll create a shape, like right. a giant 
M yeah. from Musk, like a right. bat signal that'll put Ex- in the sky and it'll be like a partial eclipse. Right. And exactly. say, look, look, isn't that cool? Thanks for letting me do that. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to remove it until you guys do this. <laughs> yeah. Until my legislation gets passed in order to give me the tax breaks to now basically co-op the uh, the uh, what, what's the uh, the main uh, uh, launching place? Cape Canaveral. Yes. Yeah. Until I get exclusive rights to Cape Canaveral, this M will remain in the sky. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's what that's what we're going to be dealing with here. I, feel, I mean, it's it's almost like that people talk about global terrorism. I feel like for the first time, we might actually be seeing someone with enough power in this world to to be a global terrorist, to, to actually say, I'm going to affect the way in which this area of the world gets sun, which has so many ramifications in terms of... Uh, you know, the geography, the geography, like oh, there, there's so many things that could be affected by having less sun than what, especially an area that is supposed to be warm and he, hot and humid like Florida. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm spitballing here. I don't know. I We've talked about that depth. on the pod. We talked about Co- it a little bit. Yeah. Countries using weather and climate and things like that to go to war with one another, right. cloud seeding or whatever right, it might right. be, cloud and seeding. certainly blotting out the sun. Um I don't know. That would be an issue. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I, I'll, I'll let I'll let you you continue. But th- those are the two things that I, I I had to go back to because I, I I just felt like they were they were necessary. They needed to be discussed, and now they right. have. So we were talking about Optimus, the the worker droid robot, at least phase one of that. Now Musk believes that Optimus will become more important than Tesla's cars. And some describe Optimus as a robot angel where our brains are merged with AI and wrapped in a mechanical shell. What happens once we shed our bodies and transfer ourselves to Optimus as a final destination and become fully dependent on it? Or maybe it won't stop there. Maybe you will be spread across other objects that you own. Will you also be in your car, in your home? Will you be omnipresent and entombed in your material possessions. Now, as mentioned, Tesla does a lot. It's a robotics company. It's, of course, an automotive company. It delivered 340,000 EVs, eclipsing its competitor, Neo from China, that delivered 91,000. And Tesla is also a green energy company, which also acquired the second largest provider of solar power in the U.S. solar city. So it can power you forever. An entertaining, if not terrifying thought, I want you to hear this, is that when you think about Elon's worker droid vision in conjunction with Elon's plans for Tesla's self-driving taxi, things get weird. Elon wants to create a Tesla network robot taxi service that would make use of both Tesla-owned vehicles and cars with customers willing to let their vehicles be hired out when not in use. If your consciousness is extended to your devices, which are all contracted to work for Elon, that's where things start to get really dark. Will all Musk technology be coded to serve the Techno King, which is Elon's self-appointed title we covered in a previous episode, and, and in fact, enslave you. It's, this could be a really crazy fork in the road that we're going to be coming up on soon, where the future could be one where we end poverty and end labor, or we could be hooked up to machines that require our brain power and we are milked 24 seven. So. Is that a matrix reference? It's a, it, it's a, it's a few things. It's a matrix reference. It's kind of how we treat animals today, okay. um, which is horrific. And every time I see images, I just 
think, God, what if that was me? Um, So it's terrible. But this doesn't end with Elon's remit over our minds. The Boring Company is an infrastructure and tunneling company that aims to build a vast underground network to move masses of people and goods at high speeds. Hyperloop is a high-speed transportation company. The Musk Foundation provides energy to disaster areas and supports STEM education. These last three companies seem to naturally complement Tesla's energy, transportation, and AI disciplines to round out Musk's infrastructure capability. To cap it all off, XPRIZE is a foundation focusing on developing carbon capture technology to help colonize Mars and to address climate change on Earth. So to recap, Musk owns manufacturing and operations across 10 organizations in the following industries, transportation, education, communication, infrastructure, artificial intelligence, robotics, energy, terraforming, biotechnology, and he aspires to have banking and mining. In 2002, Musk had $175 million. In 2020, he grew that to $27 billion. A year later, he had $150 billion. The capability of his many, many companies with virtually no competition combined with his personal wealth set him apart from his peers. Musk doesn't just own almost everything you would need to run a country. If you look at this through the right lens, he now owns and has access to an enormous amount of data. He's collecting data from Twitter, Neuralink, Tesla, Starlink, and it's all unregulated. He will know you and have the ability to track you, control what you digitally see and hear. Over time, Musk will be able to move not just individual opinion, but collective sentiment to shape culture. The consolidation of capability outside of the public domain seems to be at odds with democracy. In business, it's considered a monopoly, but this level of control by one individual is competing with government, if not society itself. And with that scope of ability, it's important to understand the mindset of the operator. Politically, Musk has endorsed everyone from Hillary Clinton to Andrew Yang to Kanye West to Joe Biden and now Ron DeSantis. Most recently, the GOP oppressed women nationwide, sacked the Capitol, they deny climate change, they deny evolution and science in general, and have ignored systemic racism. After all of this, which happened very, very quickly, at least brought to light all at once, Elon advocated for Republicans to control Congress. So that's the latest we have to go off of with him. Now what's left for someone with the wealth and capability of an empire with no land to call his own? Well, Elon's not shy about it. As he's mentioned before, his future aspirations have included everything from mining the solar system to colonizing it. And when I say colonizing it, I'm not sure he'll be aiding any government. He might become the techno king of a new human civilization that's dependent on his corporate empire to survive. And we've started to see a glimpse of what a techno king reign might look like. Journalists have been banned from Twitter, perhaps foreshadowing how he would treat political dissenters. Twitter workers were given an ultimatum to be extremely hardcore or fired. And those on H-1 visas that require employment to stay in the country were trapped in an abusive work environment or face deportation, perhaps foreshadowing worker colonists unable to leave Mars and forced to do work under harsh conditions. What makes this even more deranged but it's pretty typical among demagogues, is that Elon sees himself as some type of savior, saying that he thinks SpaceX, Neuralink, The Boring Company, and Tesla count as philanthropy, which is interesting because they're for-profit companies. But to be fair, philanthropy 
has only recently come to be associated with wealthy, wealthy donations. Technically, it's a Greek-derived phrase that means love of humanity, and Musk argues that his companies seek to better humanity. Now, Musk's argument could be deemed antiquated because in the modern world, Merriam-Webster defines philanthropy as goodwill to fellow members of the human race, an act or gift done or made for humanitarian purposes, and an organization distributing or supported by funds set aside for humanitarian purposes. There just seems to be a lot of giving spirit in all of this. But I digress, so let's bring this Elon profile home with a scenario. Imagine being a first-generation immigrant on Mars, living in New Musk. You've paid $100,000 for passage to get there. As an Earther immigrant, your journey and settlement has all the perils of immigrating to a new country and a new frontier, but it is still very different than coming to America and the new world. On Mars, you won't be able to breathe on your own. For second-generation citizens, they'll be born into a world with the GOP's bootstrap mentality for the poor and government support for the rich, ruled by an oligarch that justifies each decision that is his alone to make as being what he thinks is best for humanity. What happens to the residents of New Musk when they become entirely dependent on Musk technology to live? Then Musk hikes up the prices. And the people have no choice but to do it because they literally have nowhere else to go. They have to repay the debt. They can't run away from the colony. There's no air outside of the colony. Yeah. I mean, you he himself. Go ahead. I would say you don't need such extremes in order to create a kafala system. That's basically what you're talking about here. You're, you're saying that there will be a kafala system on Mars where people pay to leave, to find work elsewhere. And then when they get there, they find themselves trapped via the people who have encouraged them to go there, which would be Elon Musk. And, uh, and basically exploited because they have no way of either returning home or going elsewhere uh, for a different opportunity. That, that's basically what you're saying. So you're, you're basically saying Elon has codified the Kafala system and expanded it into basically the, the future. So our, our, our dystopian future is that much more dystopian because we have old world, basically slavery and Kafala attached into this, this supposed bright, bright future, which is just so depressing that I think this episode needs a trigger warning. <laughs> I mean, imagine you hiking. Your mental health the... is not at the at the height of where it needs to be coming off of the New Year's and the holidays. This is not the episode for you. <laughs> get some get some sunlight. What is it? What's that sun lamp? Get a get a good dose of sun lamp before you turn this one on. Because this this is this is heavy. Go on. I mean, I, I just it blows my mind to think he could hike up the prices. The residents have to work off that debt because that is exactly what he said that w- would need to be done. That's his answer to that question. Yeah. And it is very much like that system, but I can't stress enough the difference of you can't breathe outside of his colony. It is like a penal colony in a sense. Like you can't leave. It's not even like I'm going to leave and I'm going to go home poorer than I came. You can't leave. There is nowhere to go. And what's really interesting when you think about the, the places he wants to take this to, that scenario I just gave is under like, you know, quote unquote, modern um, with modern constraints. But what if people lost their mortal bodies entirely as we were talking about? 
And then you're trapped within the Musk network of machines to be a worker droid. Maybe they can be a robo taxi. Maybe they can be a humanoid laborer or maybe both at the same time. I mean, that's the ultimate Trump card. That's the that's the hostage. He's got your immortality hostage. He's promising you immortality. And then he is basically capturing it and imprisoning it within this probably a metallic body. If you're lucky, I think most people will end up being um, a, a Roomba, something, something closer to a Roomba <laughs> for the rest of eternity, cleaning up the floors of Mars. I it is again. So dystopian, so depressing. <laughs> That's like, how do you stop this man? How do you break him up? How do you break up a man? That's the other thing. It's not like he's buying. It's it, yes, there's no competition on a on a grand sense. But when you the the problem is our legal system, our legal framework. When we look at monopoly, is looking at is 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 very. It's it's about the minutia. It's saying do do you have all the movie rights in this one company do you you know like like again in the past big steel do you have all the rights to to produce it to industry steel exactly industry based it's it's one by one and no one looks at that larger picture of does he have all the rights to any one thing no does he have a lot of very small things that make him very powerful yes (laughs) how do you and then it's like how do you how do you disseminate that? How do you break that up? It's because he is a country. When you have that many different things, the only thing he's missing is weapons. It, he just doesn't. I don't think he owns a a weapons dealer, right? At this point, that I think that's the only thing he's, he's not missing. Yet. No, not yet. Not but yet. I'm sure it's coming. First, you get the money. I mean, that's just one acquisition away. Exactly. Exactly. So first, you get the money. Then you get the missiles. Then you declare independence after you've left Earth with flying the American flag. You you land on moon land on the moon, and then you 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 bring up the bus flag, and then people are like, "Hey, hey, hey, what are you doing over there?" <laughs> and he's like, "If you want me, you can send your troops over." But we know how that ends. That's how America got founded. We know how difficult that is <laughs> to be on a small rock of an island and start sending troops into the new world. It doesn't always work out. It's a difficult proposition. It's a very difficult war to fight. How do we send our troops to the moon? I don't know. And even if you got to the moon, he's probably going to be on his way to Mars. And then by the time you get to Mars, he'll have fortified and trenched. He'll have all his worker robots, his drones. He'll have, I mean, the whole the whole planet will be his. Yeah, how are you going to invade that? You, you can't. It's, you can't. He's, it's so well played. Good job, Musk. You are not, you are not um, villains for dummies. You are, you are clearly... He's he's clearly got something up his sleeve. He may not be able to run Twitter, but he's got something else up his sleeve. That's for sure. It's just he has a very impressive portfolio of companies. Now, I know, like Antoine has said a few times, and I want to address the listeners. You, some of you may think this is nuts, and that's fair. I'm just having a little bit of fun with, as Antoine put it, a potential dystopian future. But for those of you that are still with us, you might be saying, hey, maybe Musk will share power or allow colonists to have a voice. Maybe, maybe not. For what it's worth, he took out uh, attack ads on Pete Buttigieg, who supports electric vehicles, uh, something that you would think Musk would be happy about. But since Pete also supports unions, which gave people a voice, and Elon is ardently anti-union, to quote Michael Jordan, Elon took that personally. This is in addition to banning journalists, 
In addition to giving workers a ridiculous ultimatum, it seems to be part of Elon's extremely hardcore way or the highway mentality. There's no compromise. And all of that controlling, uncompromising, I don't know, man, that, that, that type of techno king just does not seem compatible with democracy. There's a lot that's not compatible with democracy. I'm just going to put that out there. That's fair. Uh, capitalism isn't necessarily compatible with democracy, but this is definitely a step beyond. This is that that's the that's even more worrying. Is that we right now you have the battle between what is the what is the future of our society? Is it a capitalist society? Uh, do we give way to more socialist uh, leadings or inroads in order to support those of us who have fallen out of you know? Falling give out way, off the racetrack. I, I mean, not to interrupt you because I agree with sure, where you're go going, but it. not. I mean, I'll even say fund the ones we already have. Yeah, like the sure. frustration I have is that we are, <laughs> we do have socialist programs a lot. here. Yeah, a lot of socialist. Programs. A lot of them. Yeah, for the and we don't fund them properly. So then oh, you say oh, government oh, can't yeah. do it well, but then, yeah. but yeah. it's like this whole weird thing. So. Yeah, there's that. I mean, yeah. like, I hear so, you. I, yeah, but well, like, not to get bogged down into that. I'm, I'm just saying that here we are playing checkers, and and this guy's playing 4D chess. That that that's the worry. I I think that's the that's the fun slash horrible aspect of doing this thought experiment is that that now feels so it it feels so small ball. It feels so antiquated that we're we're fighting these old battles when somebody is literally trying to take space away from us it is it is the last frontier it is it, it is our freedom it, if this planet goes south which it will <laughs> the only way to ensure the survival of humanity and this is just a fact whether people want to believe it or not the you know this is as fanciful many physicists any scientists will tell you the most probable way to ensure the survival of the human race is to colonize how we do how we go about it no one knows if how, you know there's so many questions about it but if you have one man who essentially sequesters us to dying on this rock while he goes off and creates an entire civilization in his own name i mean that is one for the history books not our history books because we'll be we'll be dead and gone but the history books of the children of mars they'll get to read about the great hero elon and, and his great expedition to flee the horribleness of this society that was called earth and, and all its miscreants and these denizens. And we'll basically be demonized because we'll, we you know, the, to the no, victor we'll be, goes the spoils. I mean, we'll be, we'll be just mythologized. Like we'll be no, like, no, we won't be, we'll be like the sea people. We'll, we'll be like, no, no, it won't even be like that. Cause he won't, you won't let, he won't let that happen. It, it'll be like the way that we talk about, I don't know, Africa. It, it'll be disparaging. They they were lost. They were silly. They, they didn't know what they were doing. It's, it's going to be a horrible. It's going to be it's a it's a complete dismission uh, dismissal of our entire history as a culture. There's no way that he's going to mythologize it to mythologize it into some sort of Atlantis that it was this great civilization that just. Oh went no, on. I no. definitely thought he was going to do a cautionary there. tale and say that he no. was he alone saved us. No, no, it was it's, it's going to be more. It was us who that. brought the flood and he built the ark. No, no, it's going to be more brutal. He's 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 basically going to he's going to he's going to paint us as if we lived in our own our own feces. And, uh, and 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 wallowed in, in absolute ignorance. He's like he's going to talk about how he tried to show them the light by engaging in this free speech debate. Bought the biggest 
communication software available at the time and they basically shouted him down from the mountains because he didn't understand his genius it's gonna be things like that so that's fair yeah that's fair yeah let's not pretend here there there will be no there will be no great great swan song for the uh for the for the population of earth uh it, it will just be uh a forgotten mismatch of uh of uh yeah disparagings so to speak and you know I will be the first to admit there was a lot in there that was um, creative thinking, uh, but I think it's worth pulling all these companies together in one view and asking what does he plan to do and what could he do with these? And that's kind of what I tried to do um, in a way that would hopefully capture yeah. some attention. I mean, I think it was well done. I mean, uh, not just because I'm your co-host, but <laughs> because <laughs> I just think, I mean, look. I think that it really captured uh, a lot of possibility that no one is really talking about because, again, the way our news cycle cycles is in the minutia. It's it's in the what did he say about X person on Twitter and how is you know who is he firing on Twitter and how are the Twitter people Twitter people Twitter employees uh, you know how are they faring what are they talking about it, it gets very small everything gets bogged down and if it's talking about Tesla. Talk about the cars, the electric. It's a, it's 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 all in pieces. Nothing is doing a big profile to say, "Hey, what do we as a society feel about single ownership of so many different aspects of our society by a sing by an entity by one uh, ultimate company?" You know, how does that feel? Like, how do we feel about that? Is that something that should be allowed? And here's the thing: I don't even know how you stop it. I'm sure there are some laws. I'm sure if we maybe hopefully some historian or someone will, will hit us up on Twitter to 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 give us an example of something in the late 19th, early 19th century or or, you know, something about breaking up something uh, that was similar to this. But I don't know if there was anything ever similar to this because we just haven't. This is a completely new era. It's just the, new, the, the capabilities that. Yeah, it's just there's never. I mean, you're not before. talking about an empire in the past that accumulated a lot of slave labor to go do something like that or like he is able to create and extract from you what he needs like the, the capability of his companies to build what they need to source what they need like if this guy starts mining asteroids i mean i what else is left like there's he he's not tethered here anymore He's not tethered no, no, no. to anything. No, like once he not on laws because once he doesn't need to rely on anything. Yeah, that's the thing is like even if he doesn't do it, the even if his companies aren't the best, which right now, as I pointed out, they're kind of at the top of their game in most of the industries that he's operating in. But even if they weren't, he just needs to do it. He doesn't need to be the best or most profitable. He just needs to be able to be self-sufficient, a closed network, and he can do whatever he wants. And no one has ever done it on this type of scale. Like I said, it's only countries, government, society. But he's has the stuff that society is going to depend on. Like yeah. He is society in a sense. Of, at least that's how he's pro, uh, that's how he's positioning himself. Right. He has the electric cars. He has the brain chips. He has the robots. I mean, look. I mean, I get it's it's begging to think not just outside the box, but to just completely radically shift the way in which we, we envision what corporations are allowed to do and how, and, and where they are in terms of our world today. I mean, in my head, I keep, and this might be a complete tangent. I hope it's not, but 
I keep thinking of this like Ender's Game. Have you ever read that book? Because I don't watch the movie. Read the book. You ever read Ender's? I did read the book, actually. I did. Oh, cool. All right. So, yes. the, so, the, so the, this, I had to think this, about that. I didn't read the whole series. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't two. worry about it. Yeah. Just it's the first book is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference here, which is called Ender's Game. It and this is a C that's not a spoiler. So if anyone wants to go out there, if they if they're tint, if they're tantalized by any of the comments I make regarding this book, I, I definitely implore you to go out and read it because it's a fantastic read. The first book. There's a point in the uh so basically there's these kids who are being drafted to do uh, military activities. Let's just call it that without spoiling anything. Uh and there's this one military exercise that's this big game that um they basically are jettisoned into a floatless. Uh, environment as two separate teams and, and they they come in from two separate doors and initially when they enter the environment they're looking up at one another and that's the big thing it's like how do you fight effectively being weightless and flying at speed towards your enemy uh you know because you're going up and this is i mean this is a thing in the book but just it's it's cool so maybe i am spoiling something that's a cool part of the book it's not everything about the book but what Ender does, because he's, you know, he's special, is that instead of coming out the door and thinking, oh, man, how do I fight these guys by going up at them? He reframed. He basically reorients his like thought process on the whole event and says that instead of there being up, they're actually down. And so he basically asks his team to put their legs down and fight them as if they're falling towards them, which is. There's another part to it, but it becomes far easier to do it that way. And basically, he picks apart this 100-year war game that people have been playing this one way for, yeah, again, like hundreds of years. He picks it apart in one, one evening by just simply orienting himself to say, they're not up, they're down. And that's how I feel like Elon is doing right now. That was a long way of going into what I feel is happening to us right now. We're all thinking about this as going up, and Elon is just saying... It's not up, it's down. Now, there's a lot of people who are saying he's an idiot <laughs> and he's just this glorified child, which could be true. And he's not very good at whatever it is he's supposed to be doing. But I will, but here's the here's the sad fact about it. This idiot has so much money that he is able to acquire everything that he seems to need in order he to can, make his dreams come true. He can hire smart people. Yeah, well, that's what he does. Don't need to be, I mean. In this economy, <laughs> you don't need to be smart to be successful. Yeah, well, it's not a meritocracy, people. <laughs> it's not how it works here. You don't have to be brilliant. Anyway, so he's facing down. He's he's fighting down. We're still fighting up. And, 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 and that's what it is. It's about understanding the new rules of engagement when, when your enemy or what, what have you. Not I'm not calling Elon Musk an enemy. I'm saying it from the Ender's Game reference. But... Yeah, to uh, to reorient yourself to play the, the the new game. That that's basically what we're in right now. Is this this new game? And it's like, are we ready to accept that it is a new game? And what are we bringing to the table in order to uh, in order to to compete? And that that's yeah. what's going to be very interesting. I mean, we've kind of said this before, and I, we probably said it in a few different ways in other in other episodes. The stuff he's doing is cool. The stuff he's doing is exciting. It's just that. Not one person shouldn't own all that stuff. Uh, it's very dangerous. It's very toxic. Uh, it, it leaves all of us very vulnerable. Um, and the precedent setting for even if he was this great person, well, he's got to hand over the reins to someone yeah. and not everyone is going to be a great person. So it's just a very bad 
setup construct that we've, well, we've also seen this play out. Yeah, you, you could enter a period of emperors. Some may be good, I guess, because they've written themselves to be so yeah, as good as they can, as good as well, an yeah. emperor all emperors are bad. All right, I mean, let's just dispel with that. Uh, there's there's different parts of history where some people are like, well, Napoleon was, was amazing. No, all emperors are bad. Okay, all emperors are bad. Any person that wants all power, absolute power, is a bad person. There's no good people who share power. They don't, yeah, what's that saying? They don't, uh, something about sharing power. Once you have everything, basically, you don't share power. That's that's the crux of the saying. So that that's how I'm viewing this. There are no good people who want absolute power. Absolute power corrupts. Oh, that's it. Absolute absolutely. power corrupts. Absolutely. There it is. There it is. So that's my topic. That's a good topic. That's a really good topic. All right, Antoine, what do you got now? All right. So this is an article from Now This News says new tool uses AI to predict dogs health issues before they happen. How cool I'm just, is that? I'm just going to say, I mean, dogs and every other animal, every time I've taken an animal or pet to the vet, I just always feel incredibly bad because you only know that something's wrong when it's whimpering or yeah. limping or having horrible physical symptoms. And you're just like, man, I wish, man, little dude, I wish you could have just told me sooner. Um, I don't know. So yeah, I, tell me more about how this can help dogs. And I assume it would be extended to other animals. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we're going to go with dogs. Dog only. But, but also, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, if, if even people, I mean, no one would get hit with stage four anything if people also went in for regular checkups and could tell something was wrong. So I'm saying it's not just dogs, people too. There are some things that could hit you that you, there are no symptoms of though like a blood yeah, clot yeah. or something right yeah. like, oh yeah absolutely stuff. oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah so yeah maybe this could move on i mean, I think that that the reason this is big is because maybe it could be used for people as well but I, i'll get into it i'll get into it you comment after i after i get into it so all right so you get start into off it. the average dog parent spends more than twenty two thousand dollars in veterinary bills over the lifetime of a 15 year old dog and that's according to claims data expanded by the pet insurance company Fetch by the Dodo. In, two th in 2022, a Forbes advisory survey found that more than two in five pet parents said they would go into debt if confronted with an unexpected medical bill for their dog or cat. That 22,000 number doesn't surprise me at all. I've taken my animal in before and it was thousands uh, for x-rays or whatever. Um, it's, it's hard, man, because they're living beings and you want to do what's right but it can also can also just be outside of your reach um yeah. so it's that's really hard it's a tough situation yeah so to help pet parents care for their beloved dogs without breaking the bank in the process fetch by the dodo pet insurance just launched a first of its kind pet, pet health prediction tool that helps dog parents predict the illness and accidents their pup is prone to with key insights that can help them take preventative measures at an earlier stage. Now, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. um, usually pet insurance, you can only get it when the animal is young, right? No, no. you could get pet insurance anytime. It's just that they will not cover pre-existing conditions. So it's basically yeah, pet insurance which, the way our insurance used to be prior to Obama. 
Yeah, but with animals, yeah. Generally, if you didn't get it in the beginning, you'd be getting it because you're going to the vet and something has been wrong. And that's going to be the well, condition. Well, that won't get covered. Yeah. They, yeah. That and that's going to be the condition that's going to get you. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, then that's fine. You can get it at any time. So is how does this work now with the AI stuff? Like, do you, do you have to get it early? Does it, is it collecting, does it need to collect data from birth or can it just jump right in when the dog is like halfway or so through his life? Um, how, how, how is it? Yeah. Get into it. How, how is it doing? Well, well, they, they didn't really get that far. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's more conceptual. I don't know when you could get it. It's more of a concept. <laughs> it's more, it's more of a survey that you take. You kind of ask the dog how it's feeling. Well, so, so here's, here's what I can say about it. The program was built using AI. Was this, was this, learned. was this coded in Florida? It, it, it was Another the same AI thing out of Florida. It was the same Google voice, Google voice sentient AI that, 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 that came up with this, that that's where it came over from. The, the program was built using AI machine learning and a team of veterinary professionals. Fetch says it has taken 16 years of clinical health findings and 150 plus million data points from over 725,000 dogs, including 500 plus breeds, to be able to accurately predict future illness, injuries, and accidents. That that's how they're implementing it. Accidents. Yeah. Well. Some dogs are prone to like uh, like I have a Frenchie and uh, French bulldogs are prone to pulling muscles, especially if they've been playing with like bigger dogs. So things like that. I imagine that's what they mean by. Accident. Oh, not like an accident, like, like, like an accident, like they pee too like, much or they like, pooped in or your like house. falling down the stairs or something. Well, yeah, I think that some dogs are prone to like, let's say if they have a degenerative eyesight, something like that is prone to the in the breed. That could be something that they might be talking about. But so, all right, you have all this data points and it's almost like um, a lookalike model where it's like, yeah. all right, th- yeah. this type of dog, the million, uh, hundreds of thousands of dogs, I don't know how many things, but whatever it was, yeah. they created this data set. Yeah. All of these, there's this data set, all these dogs ended like this. Yeah. And here's all the commonalities between those dogs that ended like this. Right. Now your dog is trending to show similar instances of all those commonalities yep so here's the likelihood that it's going to end like this that's, that's what we're thinking that's, that's basically what we're talking about, about here yeah that's the so predictive nature of it need your dog <laughs> this is terrible you still need your dog to get hurt it's not like it's measuring the chemicals in the body and it's right. monitoring your vitals yeah and it's like oh wow your blood pressure's up or no it, it's no. not that it's not no. like you're wearing a device well, and well, it's guess, monitoring you. It's you have to take it into the vet. Yeah. And then yes. when all of these things start happening, but then I'm like, the vet doesn't know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> the vet. <laughs> well, mean, no, no. Well, I mean, like, think about it. Does every doctor know what's going to happen to any individual person? I think that's why they're they're basically saying that they're the kind of the first to do this kind of forecast, the first to get this kind of data, model it, and then give you these predictive measurements in order to help. This is probably there to help veterinarians better understand what may or may not occur with certain types of breeds, certain types of dogs, that the weight of a, of its particular breed. And, and you know, that, that, that's, that's what it what is. I'm, that's what I'm getting at is I feel, and, and again, you, know, you, you think I'm wrong. You, is this like something to be studied in veterinarian school? Is that what you're trying to say? No, no. What I'm no, because I feel like the vets would know this because your doctor does know stuff like this. Like if you were, prone now if you if you if you broke your hip yeah and now they're gonna say like 
careful those stairs <laughs> like right. you can't do stuff like this anymore yeah. like they would know that and and true with animals especially dogs there's so many breeds and all these different nuances to each one like you had mentioned with yours and the pulled muscles yeah so what i feel like this is doing is cutting out a lot of the referencing like the doctor now no longer has to go back to their office check over their notes reference if they don't remember it off the top of their head and come yeah, back no, no, like you're this right. is kind of crunching it for them well it's like the future yeah it's like uh instead of going back and getting your abacus in order to do complex mathematics, you just type it into a calculator and it spits out the number that you're looking for. It's basically yeah. that kind of vein. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. But that that's kind of what my question is. This is doing anything that a vet shouldn't or isn't doing today. I, I think it's making their lives easier and there may be more, right? Maybe it's just like the, the, the sheer wealth of knowledge. The data set is so yeah. big. If, if a vet is only ever treated 50 different types of dogs, but there's, x amount of dogs out there then yeah and maybe they're all like in another region but someone got an exotic pet now they have this maybe you never saw a little lemur before but someone brings a lemur in and now all yeah. of a sudden you know you punch it into this ai thing and they spit yeah. out the thing so yeah i could see yeah how, something like that yeah. how how it would almost make a generalist a specialist in a sense yeah, there you go. I like that. That's exactly what they're doing. In fact, you should contact them to say that should be part of your slogan if you really want to sell this. I mean, it's a little similar. It's not similar, actually. It's maybe it's a little different, but I guess it's in the vein of if you're questioning, you know, don't we do that gene analysis uh, in order to basically like there's that spe specific test to say, are do you have are you predisposed? Like, are you going to get uh like breast cancer, like is it there? You know what I'm talking well, about. Well, there's likelihoods, right? If you're carrying a gene and you're yes, that's what I'm saying. That's all looking that kind for of a stuff, specific yeah. gene, right? So it's the same. It's the same. You know, a doctor is not going to be able to look at you and say, look at your history and say, you're, you're, you know, what is the likelihood that you, this may happen to you? But if they ice, if they, if you run this test and you have this isolated gene that has this, what is it? Uh, what is it? Pre, uh, pre exposure. What's the word I'm looking for? Predis predisposition to yeah. Getting uh getting a certain type of illness is so similar to that. I think that's what you're looking at here. You're you're you have the generalist who understands medicine from a you know for a, from an animal perspective, and then you have this massive amount of data provided by this particular pet insurance. I wonder how how that connection works. You know, I guess I guess you're probably more incentivized to have them as a provide as a as someone you work with in order to get access to this data. Well, you know what I was gonna ask next because anything with humans you know one of the first questions you should always ask yourself is is it fda approved um mm -hmm. when you're when you're thinking about ingesting or or using a product mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and is there i assume there's a similar regulatory body for pets or animals and that you would want to know. know that this is been reviewed and approved by them i do not know that either i don't know if that exists i, I don't know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. there is I, I don't know sure the press release didn't mention it, but it literally, I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't talk. You literally could go to the site and the first thing that it shows you is a form to fill out. And it's how it asks you now you can predict and protect your dog's future health. Um, it says peek into the future of your dog's health with the pet health forecast from fetch. Just fill in your dog's breed, age and location, and you'll get a personalized three page profile that combines veterinary care. AI, clinical doggy data to identify the health condition your pup is most likely to experience throughout its life. The information, along with expert recommendation, will help predict and protect your dog's future health. That's what it says. Does it Have say anything it? about... Have you done it? No, I'm not going to do this. 
You're not going to do it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't this, I not, this forget I, the FDA. <laughs> Antoine doesn't approve it. <laughs> I know it's not that I don't approve of it. I mean, I just, I just have a, I have a like a, you know, I have a purebred dog. So I, I mean, it's if if your dog is of a certain breed, there, you, you, there's enough data already that you would know what the likely trouble that dog will have and how long it's most likely going to live. So. But I imagine but, this might be better. But now for, like, it's something happens because you don't need AI to tell you, oh, th- this is the type of dog you have. It's going to have sinus issues and its eyes are going to be bulging outside well, its head <laughs> for the rest of its life. Um, Not my dog, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know dogs, but I know that I've seen a dog before and I was like, oh, my God, that looks painful. And they're like, no, that's pretty normal. And I'm like, yeah, that could be, probably that could be true. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But at, you could read that in a book. You can Google that. You can Google to see what your breed is likely to experience throughout its lifetime. And I'm sure yeah. that's one of the pages in this report because it's yeah. easy for them to do. But Probably. what you want is personalized to your pup. And so yeah. you need someone to have hands on your pup. And so what is it that the doctor runs a test and submits it to this company to get to I, your dog's readout? They may. Well, they may request. You may have to sign, um, you know, what, one of those waivers that allows them access to your dog's medical history. And then they'll uh, like incorporate a, it. They'll it probably, Jesus, yeah. Like, a, yeah, but it's not for, I mean, yeah. Hippo for dogs. Hippo? Yeah, yeah. It's a doggy <laughs> hippo. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But it's a doggy hippo. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Something or or like do that. you take him to a lab to get blood drawn? Like I don't know how that I don't, works. I mean, it's, it's it's not saying that. It it says it says that they uh what is it the uh it says it combines <laughs> is this, veterinary is, is this care. tool is like we can do this tool for you. Thanks for signing up. Now you just have to run the string of tests. Good news, it's covered by our insurance. That'll be a copay, please. Well, look, if if my dog had an email address, I would let my dog fill this out and see for itself. But because it's requiring my personal information, <laughs> that's where I'm like, I, I don't need it. I, I kind of know what's going to happen here. I, I I'm all right. Uh, if 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 something freak were were to occur, uh, such as some sort of onset illness that is not normally covered within that breed, uh, that's just something you 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 deal with. But I also have pet insurance, so I mean, I'm not sure what most pet owners choose to do. But uh, that was one of the big things that we did as soon as I did get a, a pet was to get them insurance because I know that pre pre uh, what do you, you what is it, it, you, what, is it you, what do you call it pre conditions pre pre I just said it earlier a condition that you have before you got your pet insurance is not covered thank you pre existing conditions thank you uh, that's not covered so pre, so yeah I mean that's. Yeah, I mean, you could get x-rays and that can run you, like like I said, like thousands of dollars. Um, and that's a tough decision to make. So this is good. I need to know more about it. Like, what about this makes it personal to your pup? And yeah. um, and how do they get that information? And yeah, I just, you know, being someone maybe, who enjoys looking at the data, I'd be, I'd be curious to know more about it. But that's interesting. I mean, the thing is, is that even if it's, even if it's not like the big wow that we're all hoping it is, it's a step in the right direction uh, to, to be able to predict or better evaluate your animal's health before it becomes gravely ill. Not everyone takes it to the vet all the time. It just doesn't happen. So if there's any way that you're able to track key events and compare them to a lookalike model to help understand what may be down the road for you and what options you have to mitigate a potentially bad outcome i think that that's going to be welcomed by any pet owner yeah well said exactly what exactly what i'm thinking for other pet owners out there for anyone else but you <laughs> i ain't no sucker <laughs> i didn't say that I didn't say that 
I may have intimated it, but I didn't say it. So, <laughs> Jamie, on that, where can they find us? Listeners, if you like the pod, please on YouTube, subscribe, like, share, and leave a comment on this video. And don't forget to hit the bell icon to stay up to date on our latest content. Follow us on Twitter at Retraction Media and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. And with that, Retraction out. Out. <laughs>